Welcome to Tabletop Journal's Seat Yourself podcast series on the hospitality tabletop industry. Now, here's your host, Dave Turner. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Seat Yourself, our weekly podcast on the food service and hospitality world. And depending upon where you are in this world, you may say the catering and horeca industry as well. This episode of our now two-year-old podcast is episode number 101. I'm Dave Turner, and I'm your host here at See Yourself. And this week, we're back here again in Studio A of the Tabletop Journal Studios, right here in beautiful Baltimore on America's East Coast. And we're just finishing up a big Thanksgiving holiday weekend here in America, Black Friday and all. Hopefully, everybody has survived and is doing well. This episode of Seat Yourself, it's published on the week of November 30th, 2020, and should run approximately, oh, 40 minutes or so, and is sponsored in part by the Edward Don and Company out of Chicago. And today, we're back with an old friend, Zandler Ritson Hansen out of Copenhagen, Denmark. Xander, of course, is the well-known cocktail and spirits guru and a frequent guest here on Seat Yourself. And of course, by now, you also know that Xander is the head of his own bar products distribution company, a company called Scandic Bar. But he also has another venture, and he consults with people on all sides of the cocktail conversation. That company is called Mixology International. And if, as if that wasn't enough, Xander is president of the Danish Bartenders Association, along with being on the advisory council of the International Bartenders Association. And this week, we're talking to Xander about the subject of sustainability, all within the cocktail and mixology world. And today we'll be focusing in on what it really means to be sustainable and how bar operators can be more sustainable. And we hope to give you a few key takeaways that operators can quickly and easily implement into their existing operations to up their sustainability game. And then finally, Xander has a very special surprise for everyone right at the very end. So you won't want to miss that. So you'll have to stick around to hear his surprise. So with all of that, please help me welcome back to Seat Yourself, Zandala Ritson Hansen. Hey, everybody, and let's give a big warm welcome to Zandala Ritson Hansen. He's a friend of the show. You know him well by now. Xander, how are you today? I'm good, good. It's uh, Black Friday, so it's interesting. I'm going to do some shopping later, so... Yeah, we're recording this on Black Friday. Black Friday. What a what a special day in uh, in the year, in the calendar year. Anyway, uh, we do record the uh, sessions beforehand, and it happens to be Black Friday. But you're working, I'm working, so maybe shopping later. Yeah. Listen, Xander, I'm really ha- excited to have you with us today. We're t- we've been talking cocktails for for many months now, and today we want to touch on that issue that we've we've sort of veered into a couple of times. But I really want to go a little deeper into it today, and that is the issue of sustainability within mixology and the cocktail world. Let's say so. Before we get started on some of the the, the detail and the nuggets, can you take our listeners through what exactly the word sustainability means to you, and especially in terms of the cocktail world and mixology? Well, I, I think there's many different answers. For, for me and within mixology, I think it's, it's on, on one hand where you try to make as little impact to the environment as possible, try use as much of the ingredients that you have, and, and always think of like, how, how can I, I do this better? 
and we see the trend of sustainability and zero waste uh, grow uh, quite rapidly within within many different bars around the world. So it is it's on one hand thinking how can I make something that's good for the environment, but also how can I can I zero down on my waste. Yeah, when you mentioned the, the the term zero waste, that brings me to uh, a term that is out there, uh, and, I, and I'm going to ask you now a little bit what's the difference, And but it's a term, it's a strange term called trash tiki, and zero waste, trash tiki, is there a difference, and if so, what is the difference between them? I, th- I think the difference is, 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 is limited, two sides of the same coin. Um, I, I prefer the, 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 um, the word zero waste, since it's actually mm-hmm. in the name where um, trash cheeky is more, they don't really like to use the uh, sustainability because it's also limited. It's, it's much more than that. Uh, and generally, I, I prefer the, the zero waste. It's easier if people know it by the name, but it's basically just uh, using uh, all the, the, the restovers, all of you can, the, the, the garbage, quote-unquote. If you have a lime and you squeeze it, can you still use some of it uh, to, to make a cocktail and, and reuse the, the, the end product to, to create a new cocktail? So instead of using a new lemon who comes from the other side of the world, um, you use the same one as much as you possibly can. So it's, it's basically the same. I just more prefer the, the, the word uh, zero waste cocktails. Yeah, when I, when I think of zero waste, uh, I, I think certainly better for the environment, better for the, for the ecology and all that. But I also think more profitability. Uh, because you've already you've already used that that piece, and now you're going to you're going to repurpose whatever that piece of uh, extra is. And so we always like to think of uh, the cocktail portion of the business as being a high profit business already. Uh, zero waste to me adds even more profitability onto something that's already a good, pretty good profit picture already. Isn't it? Would that be right? Yeah, if, if, if you actually look from that point of view, it is quite interesting because if you have a cocktail and you use the leftovers to make a new cocktail, the, the new cocktail would basically have a zero cost to its creation since it's a, it's a leftover product of the, the first cocktail. So this is actually an interesting point of view that for a financial point of view, the zero waste cocktails is, is quite profitable since it doesn't really cost you more than the, the labor would do. Yeah, I, and, and when I think about zero waste, I think about more food product type type things, uh, things that you can consume. But there's also zero waste in non-food products. Is, would that be correct? Isn't there some zero waste uh, aspects of, I mean, even glassware? Yeah, I, th- I think zero waste, it's, it's, it's important not to limit it to, to only food-based product. If you look at glassware, uh, kitchen equipment, et cetera, in, in theory, you could argue that uh, metal straws are zero waste since they're reusable. You can, you can then also argue the cost of transportation from where the uh, production. So, so it's, it, in the end, you got zero waste is, is an argument question as well, depending on how you calculate. But glasses, you see a lot of glass producers are producing now close to 100% reused glass. Wine bowls are already zero waste glass to some extent at least, um, they still have to make it at one point. When you see tableware, melamine are, are, are made out of orange peels, uh, coffee, grain. So, so we, we see it already in kitchen equipment and, and tableware and glassware, and it's only going to be bigger. If you also look at the production costs and, and purchasing the, the, the raw material, it's cheaper to buy broken glass than building it from, from, from scratch. So it's for the for the production line, it's actually cheaper to use already produced glass.
Yeah, I mean, I think that it's 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 also interesting. I know sustainability has been a big issue for for some time now, but even the large spirits companies have climbed on board the sustainability bandwagon. An example is the Diageo Bar Academy. That's an educational forum that they put a digital educational forum they have for their customers and for interested people. I was curious to find that they include the issue of sustainability in the part uh, of their bar academy that they call on, they talk about as profitability part. That's interesting to me that sustainability can also be a contributor to profitability. And just like we were just talking about. I think actually one that's one of the leading forces behind sustainability that it's much easier to sell if you're making money out of it. And sustainability in generally, um, of course, depending where on the world, but in, in the corner where, where I am, um, sustainability is of big interest for people. It's a big demand. And if it's something that's a big demand, you can hire the prices. So, so the, the general consumer interest for sustainability and transparency, knowing the product, how is it being made, where it's made from, uh, how good is it for the environment, is, is growing more and more and more. And, and it also tends to work into to the general consumer psychology that we are going from a price-focused consumers to an experience-based consumers. Consumers are much more inclined to, to pay more if they're getting a consumer experience. And that consumer experience can be a lot of different areas, but one thing is sustainability. So we, we see that there's a rapidly growing interest from the consumer for that experience. For many, the environment, sustainability are, are strong personal feelings that they want to connect to themselves. So there is a market-driven force which is pushing sustainability. So it really is possible to improve profitability while increasing your sustainability of your bar or your restaurant operation. Definitely. It's just important that you explain it to your customers. If you change your glassware into an eco-friendly glass and you pay more, but you don't really tell the story to a consumer, you're not really making more money out of it. If you look at it from a financial point of view, if you are able to tell it to your end consumer, right, we're using metal straws because it's better for the environment, we can use it more times, uh, less uh, wood will be cut down in, in the Amazon, we're using reused glass to help the environment, we are doing zero waste cocktails, so we try to use the same lemon or lime as much as we possibly can without going down in quality. If you're able to tell that story to your end consumer, they're actually willing to pay more since they're they are buying an experience. They're buying an emotion and also like some personal belief. The people who are going into sustainability, it's, it's often people who, who take it very seriously. They want to recognize themselves in, in, in that product and therefore also more willing to pay for it. Yeah, I, I think we talk a lot about the cocktails and the branding and the marketing and, and all that. And I know you're a great storyteller. So I think it's it, it really would be uh, when I was uh, preparing for today's podcast, I started thinking about the, the positioning of the bar or the restaurant the, or the operation overall and the, and the issue of sustainability matching up with the core values of the customers who are coming in there to spend their money. And people oftentimes, I think consumers, we often choose where we're going to spend our money, whether it's on a cocktail or clothing or whatever. We we all often choose where we spend our money, where we think the store, the retail, the bar, the restaurant, 
where their core values match up with what we believe our core values to be. And so I think that whole issue of telling the story, which you do so well, I think that's a really uh, critical component of this whole issue of sustainability. Not only be sustainable, but tell the story of sustainability that you're doing and how you're trying to get even better. Because I think sustainability for me is probably a never-ending journey. Would that be, would that be fair? I agree, but I will actually even go further. Like, um, definitely, people are buying. further than never ending. No, of course, okay, sorry for that. But yeah, generally, we, we, as a consumer, I'm a consumer. When I go to the store, you're a consumer. When I'm selling stuff, people are the consumers to me. And in general, you see all over the world, especially in the Western world, that we are buying more and more on, on emotions. So, so if you could recognize that into your supply chain and into your sales strategy, it will definitely work. And there will always be people who just want to be cheap, but there are more and more people who are willing to buy for, for that, that extra service, that extra emotion. I think it's also important for restaurants, for producers to recognize that zero waste is just it's not one solution. Zero waste is everything from going to, use, to reuse glass in your production, to use paperware which you re, reuse, also to have cocktails. A small thing, like I have, I have an orange in my hand here, before bars, if they had to squeeze it, they cut it, squeeze it, and throw it away. Uh, zero waste is that you peel it um, so there's no more skin left, and then you cut it, and then you squeeze it. That's also zero waste, where you use all of the orange before using for one thing. Because as soon as you have squeezed it, it's, it's done. But if you peel it all done, then you have saved an orange for the peeling. And if you do that with 10 oranges every day, and you're open 300 days a year, that's a lot of oranges you, you, you saved. So, so, so zero waste is so many different answers, uh, so many different items. It's, it's more how you, how you view it. And then it's just important that you're, uh, if you have a bar, take some pictures that we use all of our oranges and be proud of telling to your consumers so they know and tell the story, uh, use it for marketing. Yeah, I think also the other thing, you mentioned something earlier uh, on purchasing. And I think oftentimes we see restaurants who have gotten used to this, this issue of buy local, but they tell that story from an economic standpoint, meaning that they we're keeping the local farmer, the local producer of vegetables, the local whatever, we're sustaining their business, whatever. But that whole issue of buying local also plays to the aspect of sustainability, less transportation costs, less carbon fuel uh, footprint and, and all that, doesn't it? Yeah, it is. Um, but most of all, it's the same emotion that you're marketing and, and targeting, less impact on the environment. But you can even go further. There's a restaurant nearby here where I live. When they do an espresso, they take the coffee grain and give it to a, a restaurant, which then um, use it in the garden. Um, coffee is very high value of, um, of nutrition. And then they, they, they make their own mushrooms. So the, 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 the cafe bar is giving the, the rest over to a restaurants who make mushrooms, who then use it in their servings. That, for me, is like the perfect example of zero waste. Instead of throwing out those nutritions, which is very high nutritions, they give it to, to a restaurant who then use it for going local and create a product that is probably better than what you can buy since the, the mushrooms are, have been grown in, in high-nutrition soil. That is, for me, a perfect example of going local and sustainability. And the people from the, the, the cafe, they are, they've been 
told all our rest product or waste is going to be used for a restaurant and that the restaurant is zero waste, it's local production. So it wor- works both on the emotion but also on the financial part. Yeah. Everybody, we're going to take a break here right now. And, uh, and when we come back, we're with our good friends from the show, uh, Zandela Ritson Hansen from Copenhagen, Denmark. And we're talking sustainability today. We'll be right back. And Sandra, when we come back, I want to touch on COVID and the impact of COVID on the issue of sustainability. And then we've been all over the board a little bit in this first segment talking about the different aspects of sustainability, how it can be more sustainable. I want to break it down into categories. I want to give our listeners some great takeaways on how they can improve their operation and become more sustainable. More with Zantel Ritson Hansen in just a minute. This episode of Seat Yourself is sponsored in part by the Edward Don and Company. Everything but the food, for nearly a hundred years. And if you have not yet signed up for Tabletop Journal's bi-monthly newsletter, now would be a great time to do so. Go to tabletopjournalnewsletter.com. It's a quick and easy sign up and a great way to stay on top of all the important going ons in the world of hospitality tabletop. That's tabletopjournalnewsletter.com. Now, back to our podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. We're with Zandla Ritson Hansen, our good friend from Copenhagen, and we're talking sustainability in the cocktail and mixology world today. Xander, in our first segment, we touched on a lot of different things, and I want to circle back around and, and, and finish up today with some great takeaways for our listeners. But before we get to that, I want to talk about COVID, the dreaded COVID-19 pandemic. And when it comes to sustainability in the cocktail world, I know we're talk, we've talked a lot on here on Seat Yourself about takeaway cocktails, cocktails to go, and so forth. But during COVID, does that mean we have to pause on the issue of sustainability? No, I would even argue that COVID ha- has pushed and accelerated the whole theme of, of sustainability, zero waste, and to some extent also local, which in, in some areas are the same. But COVID has definitely pushed it further uh, a few uh, years ahead of time. In what way? Well, we are much more looking to to where the product comes from. If we look to to general purchase, product originated from from Asia uh, were all of a sudden difficult to get in the beginning of COVID. So many volume-based wholesalers, distributors had difficulty getting the product. So the end user all of a sudden realized that uh, I'm paying a price for a cheaper product. And if we were to find something more local within the region, the all of US or Europe, it's easier to get, it's more available, and then it's also a bit more sustainable. So, so COVID in, in, in one area forced the end consumers, the bartenders, the wholesaler to look into the supply chain. And it had some sustainability in there. Um, at the same time, we want to make sure that we help our neighbor uh, with the go local. So the whole go local theme, which every country has, every every state, every small area, uh, whatever, if it's in the U.S., if it's in Denmark or France, were local, local, local. And it just uh, rhymes well with sustainability. So COVID has definitely pushed the, the whole theme of knowing one's product, knowing the source, where is it made, how, how does it arrive at my bar, 
how much waste do I use? And also the financial costs, since all of a sudden in the industry were losing money or not, not uh, making money, they had to look into how can I optimize my, my purchase, my, my production? Do I use too, too much product in, in making a cocktail? Well, can I use the same lemon twice? Well, I can. I save money. I can still sell it to the same price and it's sustainable. So COVID ha- has definitely pushed sustainability, a local purchase, everything in, in, in that direction. And I would even argue that when, when all this is over and, and it's gone forever, that the ones who are uh, will, will come through it will actually end up making more money in the end because they had to adapt, learn how to live with COVID. And when it's over, they can use that knowledge to, to increase their sales and their purchase from what they learned. Yeah, I, I really think that COVID, uh, the whole COVID pandemic has put us into a, it's probably not the right word, but it's the word that comes to mind for me first, a more self-reflective kind of time in our lives. And uh, I think we've all had a chance to sit back and reflect on the things that are important, our value system perhaps a little bit. And those things that we realize are really important to us uh, because in the the hustle bustle of our everyday life uh, up until COVID, we sometimes didn't take the time, I don't think, to think about those things that were really, truly important to us, the things that that touched our core DNA. And by reflecting and being self-reflective, I think things like sustainability certainly, uh, and I'm not saying sustainability is at the top of the list, there's there's a whole bunch of things that are, but sustainability Sustainability is in that same genre of, of emotions. You love to talk about emotions, so do I. I think sustainability is right in that same genre of, uh, of emotions, and I agree with you. I think COVID perhaps has heightened the sense of awareness uh, of the things that we need to do to do the right thing and uh, do the right thing to others that we come in contact with, people, our friends and family we may know, but also do the right thing, if you will, for the planet, for the earth, and for our fellow citizens. So uh, I, I agree with you that the issue of sustainability probably may be even more important, and there's no need to pause going back to the original question. So I think people uh, are, are looking for that. I think one thing that's interesting also, let's say COVID happened five years ago. It wouldn't have been the same. The mindset of people are more used to the word sustainability. If you go back 15 years, it was quite an unknown term. And so I think COVID happened at the right time, saying it, saying that word lightly. But it happened at a moment where we already were used to, to the word. We already knew what happened uh, and what it means. And already now, sustainability was beginning to be good for business. It was already good for business. It was good for, for your income. There was a good story to be told, a lot of emotions. But in the end, sustainability is at the moment a good business, and COVID has actually pushed that even further. So if it happens five years ago, I don't think it would have the same impact. But because before COVID, it was already being a good business, uh, and now it's even better. Um, so COVID has pushed it even further. Yeah, I, I think that it's interesting that listening to you explain it that way, uh, as in my head, the vision is of the door was opened, and now people find more and more reasons to step through the door. And the other interesting thing I might add to what you just said, uh, which I agree totally with, is that today consumers are much more educated 
about the whole issue of sustainability. And I don't want to overuse the word, but the zero wasting of of just their lives in, in general and, and not just with cocktails and mixology, but they're also more educated on this whole issue of greenwashing, meaning, you know, that people say they're green, they say they're zero waste, but in reality, they're they're bringing products from halfway around the globe, and and on and on, and not buying local. I think the consumer, all of us as consumers, are, are much smarter and much more educated about all this today, and therefore the road was sort of paved a bunch of years ago, and now you got many more people driving on that that road. Yeah, and also like in an extension of what you just said, that before you can just say it without people actually like prove it, you can't really use the term without actually being able to prove it, that it can happen, that you're like, why is it, how sustainable? So so there's also some demand to the word. And I think also what's interesting is that it's just everywhere in the industry. I see spirit producers who are now producing in bulks and shipping three gallons of, of, of gin in a huge bulk for the bar themselves to tap it into bottles. Five years ago, that was a cheap gin or a cheap rum. If it came in a bulk, it was a cheap product now is sustainable because it's it's uh, you use less glass they reuse the same bottle so we even we even see small changes like that we see it all across the industry and it's i think sustainability will will grow even further well i think that the term you just used small changes i think that's really an important part here because any one of us can only do so much but all together we have powerful impact. And I think for people to understand that their small contribution is incredibly meaningful to the sustainability of, uh, of the planet, of our, our life here, and just the environment in general, I think it's always a good thing. Speaking of those small contributions, I want to go back to, we touched on a whole bunch of points in segment one, and I want to go back to really three areas. I want to go back to purchasing operations and then this issue of storytelling or branding mark and marketing. But those three areas, I want to talk about three takeaways, let's say, uh, that operators can begin implementing immediately that are small changes that have big impact. So let's start with the, the area of purchasing. What can operators, bar operators, cocktail people, what can they do in their purchasing to become more sustainable? Well, uh, if, if, if you look at purchase, depending on, on what product you're using, um, if, regarding tableware, glassware is quite easy. Uh, look to your local glassware supplier and see what they have of reused, recycled glass. All of the major ones have a solution or more when it comes to that. And then it's just important on step three uh, with the marketing we'll come back to later. So on tableware, glassware, kitchenware, Make sure that like it's reused glass, and also look to where it's produced. If you're living in the U.S., why buy metal spoons from China when you have a perfectly good metal production in the U.S.? There's some sustainability within a local production, and then also if you look to to your um, ingredients uh, when it comes to spirit, it can be a good idea to buy in bulk and just have it yourself. If you tell the story to your customers, they will actually uh, appreciate that you're buying in bulk and tapping it. And I think even you can do some some gimmick in the bar where you take a three liter gallon and tap it into bottles while the, the consumer is seeing it. If you're looking at, at, at fruits, well, in, instead of cutting your lemon and, and squeezing it, peel it, 
uh, use all of it as you as you as you can. You can even when when you peel it, then you squeeze it, then you take the rest of it and infuse it with a vodka, so you get a lemon vodka. So use everything you can for the for the product. Uh, and depending on on your use of of fruit, you can potentially save thousands of of dollars or euros by thinking of how you use this specific product. And, and fruit is a big waste product within the in the buy industry. Where if, if you think about how you use it, you can limit your your purchase. I would argue that you can you can cut your purchase in half if you use it properly. I don't have the specific numbers for it; it's more gut feeling. But I'm I'm pretty sure you you can cut your costs quite uh, a lot if if you really think about how you're using your lemon and again. Products. And certainly you could cut your, your waste removal cost too. That as well. That as well. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's great. I think there's some really great nuggets in there in purchasing, uh, whether it be for the more permanent items, the glassware in terms of uh, buying reused or recycled glass. And, and then also this issue of number two, where it's where these products are produced. And, and it's it goes beyond just buying local, but certainly in the food and ingredients part, too, there's, there's big monies to be saved. So there's some great, there's three or four great takeaways right there. Let's talk about operational takeaways. So what are some good operational techniques that people can do to become more sustainable uh, like um like as mentioned with when you use your organic products cutting your limes i'm gonna make a lot of old fashions uh you can already cut your orange peels ahead use all of the orange before you then cut and squeeze it when when, when you use you go from from plastic straws to metal straws you can reuse the metal straws over and over and over and over again and I think also like one thing that's also interesting to look at is your general energy consumption. Uh, many bars can, if, if you change the light bulb for LED, you can you can save a lot of electricity. How you have your napkin placed at the bar, you can actually uh, cut uh, your napkin use a lot just by changing how how accessible they are. Uh, customers often take a bunch of napkins, which in the end is, is, is expensive. Depending on how you place it in the bar, you can actually cut your napkins as well. So there are many smaller tweaks you can use within the bar setup, how your bartenders operate, how, how you operate within like the whole system, uh, electricity, water, and everything. But even small things are how, if you're continuing plastic or paper straws, how they are bunched together. With napkins, it's easier to take five than one because of how they how they sit together. So if 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 you reimagine how, how the napkin should be placed in your bar, you can cut your napkin use uh, quite a lot. And napkins are not really expensive, but if you use a lot, it will become more expensive. So there are yeah. many smaller tweaks you, you you can use to to increase your um, savings without increasing your purchase. Yeah, I, th- I think as I'm hearing you say all that, I'm saying, boy, it really has to become this whole issue of how can I be more sustainable has to be really a, a philosophy. So when, you, when you're making decisions, even basic decisions of how you place napkins on a bar, it's a great example. If you start with that basic philosophy, you'll probably have a better answer than you've been using in the past in terms of sustainability. So that's really great, great advice. So cool. That's some great operational uh, takeaways for people. Some really simple things that can be done. And then finally, 
the the third area I want to talk about is the one that you're very very good at, and I love it because I'm always learning when you when you we talk storytelling. But that whole issue of branding and marketing and storytelling. What are a couple uh, two or three good takeaways that people might have in that area so that they can uh, get more mileage out of their efforts to be more sustainable? Well, tell the story. That's that's the first one. Don't hesitate to to tell your customers that you're using every single drop out of the, the, the lemon why you're hiding your napkins tell the story and it can be done in so many ways consumers respond most of them positively for for a good story and this is something that we all feel good about and, and generally you will feel good if you're saying i'm doing something to protect the, the earth and you you can have a, uh, some some different opinions on what helps what doesn't help but in generally if you tell to your customers this is good for the environment we are helping locals this is a um, zero waste they, they they will buy into it because it's of course true but they will respond positively to it and they are even more willing to pay for it more because they know that quality cost so so that they, if if you use it in your marketing. If you tell it to your customers when it comes to social media, is, is a great way showing a bunch of used lemon and say we used every single drop and make it more sustainable for you when you come to our bar. People will respond to it. Yeah, I know that when you talk about telling that story, there was a chef, or there is a chef, a great chef actually in Seattle, Tom Douglas. Uh, and Tom Douglas has been a great chef in Seattle, in the Seattle area for a long time. And it was a f- several years ago, talk about sustainability being around for a while. Several years ago, he, he talked about how he was going to reduce his portions, just a portion size of, of his meals. And yet he was not going to reduce his prices. And, and the idea being that uh, as long as he told the consumers about his 40% waste, I think was the number, and that's the number I've got stuck in my head. It may not be accurate, but it, it, it makes the point, is that he was throwing away so much food and he has, his waste removal costs were so high. He said, I'm just going to reduce the cost of the portions, but it still costs me the same amount of money to put that meal out there. Now, he was talking about food, not necessarily mixology or cocktails, but the same philosophy applies to cocktails too. But that whole issue of sustainability and telling your story, I think people are consumers in general, customers who go in and look for cocktails into a bar setting or whatever, a restaurant setting. They're much more educated, as we said earlier, and they're looking for ways that they can contribute. And one of the ways they can contribute is to patronize people who are doing more to be sustainable. And, and like, there are so many ways to, to market this thing. On, on one hand, you can explain to your customers, this isn't this. We are, we're doing everything we can. But you can also um, different your cocktail. You, you can try when you have a, a menu. Try at your menu add two uh, zero waste cocktails. Uh, higher the price two dollars. People will buy it. If you make a cocktail menu, you, you and you make two of the cocktails, you you write zero waste with a, with a small explanation um, footnote to it. Higher the price, it's cheaper for you to produce, but just for the sake of it, increase the price, you will sell more of it. There's also an issue of authenticity to, to it, of quality, uh, of freshness, if you want to call it, rather than I've added simple syrup with some chemicals that came that somebody's put in it, you know, from far away factory, wherever. And, and I think that as a consumer, we'll all pay that little extra more to have something that's better for us, better for the planet, more sustainable, et cetera. So, yeah, I think that's all good stuff. Any, any other, you're a great storyteller. Any other storytelling uh, points that you want to make? I don't know how much time to got. I think there's <laughs> so many areas where 
Like if you really want to tell the story, go on social media, explain to the customers. In, in your menu, just the difference, people just want to, to feel good. And, and if you have it on a menu, I think what's happening inside the mind of a person is that they're too lazy to go outside to clean the ocean. But if they could use $2 and, and feel good about themselves, they will. So you also are tapping into a, a more negative part of the, the human personality that were a bit presumptuous and that they want to feel good, but they don't really want to go out on a Sunday to, to clean the beach. So let them pay $2 more. So when a restaurant, a bar, a producer looks at it, they have to look at an, an, a mental part of you where like this is good for the environment and we can save production costs and also look at the people want to buy it for different reasons. One is just because they really want to feel good. Others because they just want to feel good to tell their friends that they're feeling good. And the way you can explain it is like social media is a great way when you meet the customers and make them part of the solution. Instead of you being the solution, make them be part of the ingredient for the, uh, the solution. I know it will be good for your business if you're doing this properly. You're going to save money and going to make even more money from the savings you made. Yeah, I think that maybe the marketer and both of us uh, that I happen to think that the storytelling component is really as critical or more critical than almost anything else. Because a lot of people, a lot of operators right now are doing things that are that are increase their sustainability, reduce their cost, they're buying local, whatever, but they need to frame it in a story that, that surrounds that whole issue of sustainability. And I think it would be good. I want to finish up today, Xander, with one. Uh, you have a special announcement. Why don't you tell our listeners about what's gone on in your life in the last week? You have a uh, you have a new member of your family. Yeah, it's been a weird week. I just got my my uh, my first son, my firstborn, just came a few days ago. So it's congratulations. Been, uh, the thanks. The night has been day. Day has been night. You almost forget COVID is there. To be honest, so it, it's, yeah. it's quite exciting to see a, a mini version of my, myself, much cuter than I am. Much cuter, of course. So that's good. Congratulations uh, to the entire family. And listen, because uh, everybody will ask me, is everybody okay? Everybody's doing, everybody's doing great, right? Yes, everybody. I, uh, mother and son are having an amazing time. There's, we are so grateful for, for the gift that was given to us. That's really terrific. Xander, I really appreciate your time. Now that you're even busier than before, I really appreciate your time today. Listen, thank you for all the great tips on sustainability. I know this is going to be one of our best listened to podcasts. And so it's always great. And we'll look forward to having you again back uh, real soon. Thanks, Xander. Thank you. That concludes this week's episode of Tabletop Journal's Seat Yourself podcast series. For more news, information, and insights on the hospitality tabletop industry, please be sure to check out www.tabletopjournal.com.